For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And time for our Mizzou Breakdown with James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance. And he's given uh, been given a little extra time here to decompress. He was at Furrow Field on Saturday for what was a wildly entertaining game. There was a lot of fun elements to that game except for, well, the ending. James, uh, have you survived, I guess, the emotional ride that was Saturday, Mizzou versus LSU? What a game. Somebody had to lose it. Unfortunately, that was the Tigers. I will say that, I mean, that was uh, the most electric October football that, that we've had in Columbia, Missouri in probably the better part of 10 years. So it was very enjoyable uh, being there, and that atmosphere was fantastic. I think there was something like 50-plus 50, 50 recruits across all sports, uh, certainly some high-profile football recruits. Hopefully they were impressed by the offense, uh, particularly in the first half. And, you know, somebody had to lose. Unfortunately, that was Missouri, but the, everything's still in front of them. Let's go get a big W this week in Lexington. Yeah, they're 5-1, and one, and I guess we can go in any order we want, but let's just look at the remaining six. So you have three left at home, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida. Let's just say you win two of those, okay? You could easily – not easily. You could win all three, but let's just say you win two of those. Is that fair? I, I think they should win the remaining home games. I absolutely okay. do. You got to beat in Tennessee at home. Yeah, Tennessee. Okay. If, if you've watched them, they don't have the passing attack they've had the last few years, which has been Heupel's staple. Uh, they run the ball well, but up until this past week, that was Missouri's defensive strength. I would chalk a little bit of that up to, to Jaden uh, Daniels is having an incredible game. What did he average? He had uh, 15 rushes, 130 yards for 8.7 a carry. Even when they were able to get pressure on him, he did a remarkable job of escaping that pressure and turning it into a big game. Nothing more evident than on that third and nine late in the game where we had him backed up toward their own end zone and he scrambles for a first down. But, yes, I, I do think Mizzou uh, has a very good chance to beat Tennessee, and I would actually expect that as of right now. All right, so you got them 3-0 at home. Remaining road games, Kentucky, Georgia, Arkansas. Uh, they're going to be underdogs against Kentucky, slight underdogs this week. Georgia, they'll be underdogs, of course. Arkansas looks like a more and more winnable game, but final game of the year. That's kind of a – it is a rivalry game. It's not as heated as I think they pretend it is, but – you never know in that game. How many of those are W's for Mizzou in your mind? So I don't think Mizzou is at a 0% chance on any remaining game. Obviously, the game in Athens is the, the biggest challenge on, on their docket, and I would, I would say there's probably a less than 10% chance that they actually can go and win that game. But I think, it, I think they should be competitive. I really do. Um, and then the remaining games that we mentioned at Arkansas, Mizzou should be favored in that game. And then the other road game they have is Kentucky this weekend. And Mizzou, like you said, is a two-and-a-half-point underdog. But that's, that's a coin flip game. That's, that game, I mean, is remarkable in terms of the history of how close that's been since Missouri's joined the SEC. I think the point differential is less than 10, and we're talking 12 seasons on, on, on collective total scores. So it's, it's historically a very close game, unfortunately for Mizzou. They've had some really bad breaks in that matchup. Last year, particularly, the flukiest thing I've ever seen where the punt goes sailing over the punter's head. 
he's running 30 yards behind him to go scramble and pick it up, and then he kicks it, and we get a roughing. The punter called it into the game. And then a couple years before that in Columbia with a very phantom pass interference call um, that was probably the, the, the beginning of the downturn for Barry Odom. So, I mean, it's been a very competitive game. Unfortunately, hasn't gone Mizzou's way. I don't think they've won in Kentucky in 10 years since 2013. So, obviously, I mean, it's a night game in Kentucky. They just got their tails kicked. They're going to, you know, we'll see how they react. Both teams, I'm just curious how they're going to react. Mizzou's first loss, uh, kind of a heartbreaker. How do they react? Kentucky gets thumped by Georgia. How are they going to react? We shall see on Saturday night. But, again, I, I just, I'm very confident that Missouri is going to be competitive in all these games, and that's what excites me because I don't know if I felt that way in, in quite some time. And whether they can go 5-1 and one in the remaining six, 3-3, three and three, to be seen, but I'm excited that we're going to be competitive in all these games, uh, barring any injuries. And you're right, those Kentucky games have been close. Some of those have been fluky and really painful endings. Bottom line, they're 1-7. I had to look it up because I, it feels like they never beat Kentucky, and I've always said – that's okay in basketball. It's not okay in football. <laughs> one in seven in their last eight against Kentucky. It's another one of those swing games. Like we said, even back in August, if they beat K-State, it changes our win total, that sort of math. So I think Kentucky is another one of those swing games. Absolutely. Where, you know, especially going on the road in the SEC. So it's still all possible. If you told me they're going to go eight and four, I'd say that's very possible with six. They might get to nine and three. Ten and two is probably – getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, and it's a little dangerous. I know Florida's down, but, like, you chalk up a win at home over Florida. It just feels weird saying that, although you're right. I mean, that probably should be a win, but it's all right there in front of them. they got to shake off all the bad things they did against LSU, which is defensively. I mean, you score that many points and you have that much success on offense, you should be able to win that game. Isn't it crazy? how the narrative is flipped. We thought, oh, my gosh, Blake Baker, don't let him get out of town. Lock him up. He's the decoy. <laughs> Boy, Drinkwitz sure can't dial up offense, even though that's his you know, resume. It's sort of strange. Now, here we are halfway through the season, and the defense is the problem. I mean, we all thought they would be <laughs> the solution. But what, what's comforting about that is we've seen these players, particularly on defense, perform at a high level. Tyron Hopper has performed much at a higher level than he has so far this season. Darius Robinson hasn't really been healthy, but when he has been on the field, he's been effective. Obviously, Johnny Walker getting kicked out of the game, he's our best pass rusher. That was an, that was an unfortunate uh, situation there. The safeties, uh, there's some concern there. The corners have been pretty good. I mean, if you drum down on those stats, there was a coverage mishap on that long touchdown to neighbors. But the corners have been pretty good. Safeties, uh, there's certainly a lot to be desired there. But we've seen it. So that gives me optimism that the defense can find a way to get it together. Now we've seen the offense. And, and three, four weeks ago, I would have never seen this coming. Here's Brady Cook's stats before he threw that pick, which was the turning point in the game. Uh, Missouri had scored on their first three drives, touchdowns on the first three drives, made it look easy. They were cruising. The offensive line was remarkable in their protection. Brady Cook had all day, including on that inter interception. There was no pass rush. That was a, a very bad throw on his part. Before that interception, listen to this, he was 14 for 17 for 197 and two touchdowns, zero picks. After that interception, or, you know, so that interception on, he went 16 of 30 for 214, zero touchdowns, two picks. So I, I hope he could bounce back from that, shake that off, because he was a different quarterback in that second half. There were a few big plays, but it was not nearly as consistent as he had in the first half, particularly on one of those first drives. I think it was the first drive. He threw what I consider an elite pass to Theo Weiss that Theo Weiss unfortunately dropped. Two plays later, he threw the exact same pass. 
right on target again to Theo Weiss for the touchdown. He was making some – I was sitting there thinking, I mean, does this young man have a chance to play on Sundays? I mean, those were the kind of throws he was making in that first half. Unfortunately, it didn't continue into the second half. Uh, let's give some kudos to another local kid, Cody Schrader. Cody Schrader, who was dinged up. There was, Eli said there was a chance he wasn't going to go on Saturday. He had 13 carries for 114 yards and 8.8 average for three touchdowns. I mean, this is a walk-on. That's now second in the SEC in total yards, and I think he's right up there in touchdowns as well. I mean, it, it's, it's gone from, oh, this is a cute story, to this young man is one of the better backs in the league. And so there's a lot of things to be bullish on, so plenty of things to correct. I mean, just, just going through my memory on that game, just i got to rehash that electric LSU game one more time. Scored in the first three drives. That was impressive. I thought Mizzou was going to run away with that game. And until that pick, I mean, that's, that's the way that was going. Um, that, that, Tyler Stevens. I don't know what to say. I mean, you can't, you can't let a guy continue to go out there after the second drop, and then he had two more. Four drops, I mean, that, that could have been the difference in the game. And you, have, and you have a good option, yeah. and you have a backup I think so. by the name of Brent <laughs> like Norfleet, who may, who, be the, he may be the next Chase Kaufman. He may be the next Martin Rucker. <laughs> and that's on my notes. Okay, offensively, things are going well. You mentioned it. Cody Schrader, second in the SEC in rushing yards. Brady Cook, third in passing yards. Luther Burden, first in receiving yards. We're going to break down Luther's numbers for you, your guy. Heard all the commercials during the game. With uh, I was locked on the radio that day while watching on TV. Heard a lot of you and Luther during the game, which was fun. But the two things I wrote down, I think they got to change the center. Obviously, they're having issues. That was the biggest play of the game, that third and one when he mucked up the snap. All of a sudden, it's third and six. Then you have the sack fumble, and it's fourth and mm-hmm. 32. That yep. was a major play in the game, and it's been going on all year. There's something with the center exchange if you anybody else who could play center, you got to make that change. And then if Stevens can't hang on to the ball, God bless him. I got a guy named Norfleet who looks like he might be a star. I think those are two changes they can make this week, and it eliminates some issues. I mean, you never know for sure what's going to happen if you make a change, but I think those two I would immediately do. Well, well, I'd be very confident that we see Norfleet leading snaps on Saturday. That I'm confident. With Connor Tolleson, the center. Remember, they brought they brought in Cameron Johnson from Houston, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, an all. Um, what conference was Houston in last year? Whatever that conference was, he was he was an all player on their on their conference first team at right guard. They brought him in to compete for the center job, and he lost out on it. And I think he might actually lead the team in penalties. So is that yeah. the number one player to replace Connor Tolleson? I don't know what options they have at center. Connor Tolleson has certainly played better, but I mean that's his third or fourth snap infraction. I don't know how that happens. I really don't. And you're exactly right. That was that was the turning point of the game. Mizzou was driving to take the lead. They probably would have left a minute, a minute and a half on the clock. There's no saying that Mizzou's defense would have, de- would have definitely stopped LSU, but I like, I like those chances. I mean, obviously the game ended upon that fourth and 30. So, yeah, that was, that was a devastating penalty. I mean, let's not forget, we, Harrison Mevis, we're back to thinking, uh, what's going on here? Yeah. Another couple missed field goals, and those were, those were huge momentum swings. And then another momentum swing that I recall is uh, LSU missed a field goal after Jaden Daniels had gotten dinged up. So Mizzou's got all the momentum in the world, right? They go three and out, and there was a huge missed face mask call on that third down play. Those were big momentum swings, and they're tough to come back from, but put it behind us. We got Kentucky this week. Again, I like our chances because I like the matchup. I mean, Mizzou's weakness on defense has been against the pass, and Devin Leary has been anything but effective on the pass. They've been a very good running team. That's been Mizzou's strength up until this past week, but I'm going to chalk a lot of that up to just an electric quarterback who really can, could read the, the pocket well. 
and then uh, and then our offense. Like I, 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 that's what I'm most curious to see. Can Brady Cook bounce back and play at that level that he was playing in the first half in the previous three weeks? That's James Carlton. I call him Coach Carlton. State Farm Insurance, 961-4800, 314-961-4800. On the web, it's carltoninsurance.net. Make the call. Get a quote. It's that simple for your home insurance, your car insurance, life insurance. Just get a quote, and James will donate to the Every True Tiger Fund, donating so the kids, like Luther Burden, stay home and play for Mizzou. It's that simple. Just get a quote, no commitment, and he'll donate $20 to the Tiger Fund. 961-4800 for all your insurance needs. CarltonInsurance.net. I mentioned those commercials. You and Luther Burden sounding good throughout the game on the Big 550. Luther's numbers now. I'm going to do this every week because Denario, of course, is the standard bearer with that monster season he had in 2009. So our updated math on your guy Luther 54 receptions, 793 yards, leading the SEC in both. So his pace, I feel like we need a drum roll. He's at 108. Denario was 113. He's gaining ground on the Denario season. Now, it's going to be tough to maintain, but Denario's numbers that year, 113 for 1781. Right now, Luther's pace is 108, 15 86. So he's not too far off. I mean, your guy Luther, and I loved it early too. They put him in the backfield. That first drive just showed, hey, this this coaching staff can have some moxie. It's not just at the microphone on Mondays, but on game day. And I, maybe they lost a little bit of their nerve after the interception, but I thought at least early being creative, going for two, kind of sending a message, yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring game, but we're going to rack up as many points as we can. I think they need to find that mojo again that they had early. Absolutely. That was, I mean, what a start. you got to tip your cap to the coaches, like you said. I mean, the score on your first three tries and then come out after that first touchdown and run a really creative uh, two-point conversion play. Uh, I, I, Brady did go to the locker room late in the first half. I, I don't know, and they're not going to say if he, if he sustained another injury or re-aggravated something, but I just did not see the same quarterback in the second half that I saw in the first half, and maybe that's to LSU's credit. Maybe they made some adjustments. I mean, Luther Burden had two catches, I think, in the second half after he had – I don't know. I think uh, let's see what the what the end with here. He had 11 receptions for the game, so I think he he had nine receptions for well over 100 yards in that first half. I mean, he was just electric as he's been for most of the season. So I'll be very curious what they do against Kentucky because Kentucky does have a good defense. I know Georgia just had their way, but Georgia was due for one of those games. I felt very confident. I picked it on with uh, with with Brendan and Ben. I, I picked that, that Georgia was going to absolutely clobber Kentucky. And my bold prediction this week is I think South Carolina is absolutely going to clobber Florida. And so, uh, and so that's that's my prediction for this week. But we shall see. I mean, this is a very uh, inter- interesting game coming up on Saturday, and I think it's going to define their season. It, it, not a loss. I'm not saying a loss will, will define them having a poor season, but if for some reason they find themselves in a funk and lose by two or three touchdowns, that might be uh, too much to overcome the remainder of the season. If they find a way to win this game, like you said, that and Kansas State were the two first swing games on their schedule because we thought LSU was uh, certainly a college football playoff team, and so nobody gave them really any chance of winning that game preseason. So if you could beat uh, Kentucky, you got South Carolina at home for homecoming, there's a good chance you're 7-1 and one heading into the bye week. And you mentioned earlier the kicker, Harrison Mevis. This is the crazy thought. If the game comes down to it, I'd rather he be. You know, I'd rather he's trying a 50-yarder than a 30-yarder. You know, isn't it crazy? Like if he's if it's a 26-yarder, I'm going. Oh no, oh no. Oh, it's a 50-yarder. Yeah, he'll probably make it. It's a weird deal. As RG3 said during the game, I like to call him the thicker kicker. No, no, everyone calls him the thicker kicker. Uh, Coach, we'll talk to you again soon. 
Thanks, Martin. Enjoy yourself. James Carlton, Carlton State Farm, 961-4800-314-961-4800. On the web, it's carltoninsurance.net. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.